0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to
1: the. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, should we let Dan do this again? Should we let Dan do it?
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the La Rouge Rugby Podcast, where we focus on real Canadian rugby. I'm Hugh Hardy, joined as always by Derek Brissett. And you may notice a very familiar name in this podcast, and it is our former co-host, Dan Murphy. Dan is back for this special episode, because when Dan's around, it's always a special episode. So, Dan, how have you been, my friend?
2: Oh, gosh. I mean, from the last time that I was on the, on the show, I had another kid. I uh, wigged out and moved out to the country. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a long time. I'm excited to be back on the show. Uh, you do the opening of the show so much more cleaner than I ever did. I'd, I'd always be like, okay, Derek, what should I say today? And like now as a listener, listening to actually have like a phrase you continuously say on cue. It like oh. brings a warmth to my heart too. Oh, yes, yeah. So I,
0: I was I was standing on the shoulders of giants. That's what I was doing. <laughs> it's too bad you screwed it up when Dan came back though. Yeah. Oh, well right. leave the, oh, we'll leave that for the we'll leave that for the end you of assuming year, uh, I was gonna edit Blue that out? Because that's
1: gonna be like a cold open. It's gonna be like a <laughs> like an office Brooklyn nine nine style cold open. It's gonna be you two arguing about how to do the intro. Oh fun stuff, fun stuff. Yeah, it'll play before well, the theme song it'll be great.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, a lot has been going on. We are now at the end of the preseason. It is finally uh the actual regular season week in MLR, we'll be beginning with our first games of round one this coming weekend. We've had a bit of news for MLR, not for 2023, but for 2024. We'll get to that in a bit. You know, we've also uh, had a few announcements from the Toronto Arrows as well. So I think we should start with that. Uh, so the big news coming out from Toronto is that they have also just announced a last-minute signing, um, a new center, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, my apologies, Tao Talatasi Tasi, a uh, 28-year-old midfielder who joined us from Japanese side Tokyo Gas, where he has uh, just been competing in the Top East League for the 22 and 23 season he's come over on the arrows website he says i'm really excited to finally be here in toronto and officially becoming an arrow uh head coach pete smith has brought in a lot of class players from different rugby backgrounds and hopefully will bring some silverware back to toronto especially the mlr shield i want to be part of the journey and give back a red hot crack so new zealand born australian raised primarily as a league player and then made the switch in 2018 for uh league he's um played for the Ipswich Jets uh Canterbury-Cronulla Bulldogs New South Wales uh North Sydney Bears he's even fe- he's even featured in the NRL with the South Sydney Rab- Rabbitohs it's always a very strange name um and then when he did make the switch to union he's played for the Souths in Queensland Premier Rugby. Uh, He's played for Brisbane City in the National Rugby Championships and he's spent two years in Super Rugby first participating pre-season for the Melbourne Rebels then making his debut for the New South Wales Waratahs and then he made his switch to Japan for 2020 to be with the Sunwolves and he actually featured alongside uh, Corey Thomas as well, another um, Arrow signing. So, yeah, he's also played for Gordon um, in the album Guy, the Highlanders, uh, Sydney Rugby Premiership title in 2020, the club's first championship in 22 years. So I think there's a big connection with uh, like the Giltini's team of uh, 2021 because a lot of guys uh, were featured for that Gordon season as well. But yeah, definitely a big name coming straight from Tokyo Gas, you know. And he actually featured in the most latest uh, preseason match uh, for DC. Right, right into the
2: fire. Like, <laughs> welcome yeah. to the team. All right, get out there, buddy. Yeah. Like,
0: just yeah. go. Yeah, you, you, you've been, you're halfway through a season. That's the same as a preseason over yeah. here. In you go. Um, but yeah, Uh-oh. speak.
1: When do you want them to start playing? Like- <laughs> When, I don't well, know. Give him like When, when do you want him to stop <laughs> the, sea, the yeah. season's next week? Yeah, like when do you, you want to get mean, him acclimated to the squad?
2: If you look at the if you look at the arrow signings, I mean, it's not like they're hard up for centers. I mean, unless there's been like injuries that we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Like another another talented Pacific Islander that, I mean, from the highlight that they showed, can run a mean <laughs> line. Yeah. I was gonna it, say
1: I I love league guys playing center. Yeah. League, yeah. league guys at center are the best. Yeah. My,
2: my my hesitance about this is that it's Derek made this comment that we're uh, off camera that we're just we don't know a lot about some of these signings because we're not familiar with the NRC and you know all of these Australian leagues that would be hard I mean, for a Canadian to keep track of. Yeah, you know, so it's hard. I, you know, I mean, we've got the coach with Pete Smith that would know that stuff. So I'm sure he knows a lot about what this guy is bringing to the table. It's just, it's a wait and see kind of signing. Cause who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I think in, in a way, too, it's like I think obviously there was a couple arrows, like st- a lot of arrow centers, too, departed last season. So obviously, mm-hmm. like, uh, Tafuga's not back, Spencer Jones is in New England now. And you kind of look at the the centers right now, you got you know, Nick Ben, Noel Reed, Mitch Richardson, and now Tassi, right? So only Richardson is back from last year, yeah. Um, so you obviously gotta do a little bit of figuring out who's gonna play there, right? Yeah, um yeah. and I mean if the preseason game they just played, they had Goodall, who um is normally a winger, I think, um playing well
0: uh, yeah. So Goodall is listed on the uh, Arrows website as a wing slash center. Wing slash so. center. Okay, Perfect. So basically a big yeah. fast guy.
1: So yeah. So yeah, you have Goodall there with Tassi. So then you know, two big fast guys um right so there's probably a little bit of you know with a lot of turnover at that position you got to figure out what you're going to do and i don't know i think uh it's exciting i like i mean like i just said I, I do like league guys sometimes as centers i mean you know it works it's worked out pretty well for a lot of other countries around the world it's really important i think it's really important in this league too if you get a guy in the that 13 jersey that can just run like you said dan just a nasty liner mm-hmm. like, you know uh run over some people in contact it's going to be key um i think your other point too though because i mean not a, not exactly a ton of footage of this game you know uh but like kind of looking at the lineup the lineup is very fascinating um <laughs> Just, as well right? yeah that's one word of, uh,
0: to describe it
1: yeah and it's like it's not and it, it, it's one of those things where it's like it's it's so hard to actually read into what yeah. any of this means, right? Because I think I look at uh, like James O'Neill's playing Hooker yeah. in this game, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, as well, Dan, since you are such an avid listener of the podcast now, you would know that James O'Neill has mentioned that he has played Hooker before. Um, that was episode 132. A uh, few, uh, few months back
2: He's played it before And then playing, you know, again It's a preseason game, so you're right yeah. So so, <laughs> I've also played Hooker before As well yeah, James I mean, O'Neill's a lot better at you than you know, Oh, rugby. he's a lot better at me than a yeah. lot of things it's, Um,
1: Yeah, playing rugby, driving a Zamboni He's a lot better at most things yeah. Um, But the, the point I'm trying to make So it's like James O'Neill's playing Hooker And it's like it's tough to read into. It's like, is that a it's the preseason? Let's try something. Or is there a reason that Jack McRogers, Gene Cimentin, Roman Azaria are all also not on this list? Yeah. No. Is there an injury issue at Hooker already? Mm-hmm. Or is this just hey preseason like let's go right? Is, and, is Hooker
2: the new scrum half? Is that well? Like that's what the we're well. That's the other in thing into, too, right? Is you like, also have
1: well? That's the other thing too, right? Is you also had Cole Brown starting at nine, but Ross Brody and Will Grant weren't in the lineup either. So you had one scrum yeah. half, right? And this is a this is a squad list too that has twenty six players, and there's still only twenty six players. So three extra guys on the bench, and there's still only three backs. Right, so yeah. it's... and now, now, I'm not, like, saying this to suggest that there is some sort of issue, but it is, it's, I don't know, it's fascinating to look at the lineup. Um, and yeah, it I mean, just, other, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not is... saying that, just to be perfectly clear, I'm not saying that any of these guys are, like, hurt or anything, because I have no idea. Yeah. But the lineup does, like you said, it's like we don't normally get, like, the first arrows injury report until the first game. But yeah. this lineup is, like... Is there something to be a little nervous about? Or is this just preseason? Let's try. I'm hoping it's just preseason. Let's try some guys at different positions or maybe because we didn't get the lineup for the New York game. Maybe all those guys that we're saying played in the previous game, too. And yeah, fine. Or maybe you just got to rest up and stuff. Like you said, you don't get that injury report. But um, it's a, it is kind of an interesting lineup. I hope it means nothing other than we're going to try some stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, you look at the like DC lineup and yeah. uh, when their game against New York, they're, I think the only continuation was Danny Tussatala at uh, yeah. Scrum half of both games. But then you look at uh, both the teams for, well, basically they just changed, I'm pretty sure like everyone at like halftime and... You know, you have uh, Cali Martinez um, mm-hmm. starting in like the first half, and then you have an entirely new uh, front row in the second half. And we have like Graydon Bow and Bowen, Doug Fraser. And it seems from the result is that it was the second half where things really turned around for like DC because the arrow, the um, arrows in DC were tied at seven all at half time, and then the final score we have is uh, what was it like? 1442 to dc yeah. so obviously dc were able to score more tries maybe the arrows were keeping guys yeah. on a bit longer and then doing a wholesale change towards like the 60 minute mark when there's uh you know the rough time w- when you would have it during regular season games so yeah so uh, as you mentioned, there's uh, some big names missing, some obvious starters not there, including um, basically all the scrum halves, all the hookers. Sam Malcolm wasn't there either. So, yeah, it's very, like I said, it's preseason. It's very hard to determine anything from this at this point in time. Um, you know, we've seen, was it Seattle, have won both their games without conceding a single try. But yeah. both of those Plus, teams are not MLR them. teams. Yeah. It's I, I, Seattle to be
1: game. honest, I would hope they beat Seattle Rugby without conceding a try.
0: Yeah, I'd and hope they,
1: that do, but, but
0: even the American Raptors as well, they didn't concede a try in that. But, you know, they say, oh, this is the full-time result. Yeah. But is it's it tough, the same? Bit, was it like two halves of 40 minutes? Was it four quarters of 20 minutes? Well, Information is basically a drip. Yeah. Well, I mean, this point. that's, I mean, that's the MLR preseason right now. And yeah.
1: I mean, I mentioned a couple episodes back that it's like, I think this is an area that the league can really improve on um, just by like, you know, stream the games or um, have teams like put out, have all the teams put out lineups, um, you know, cause like, It it, it is kind of odd. Um, I know I've heard the argument that like the coaches like to keep some sort of competitive advantage, um, which is like, I mean, I'm sure the coaches in the NFL, NHL, MLB and NBA would also like that. But that's not how professional sports work, No, but it does kind of make it without being able to necessarily watch it and stuff. And even going back to last week when Mike Shepard was kind of like kind of basically... Said that they don't mind getting scored on in the preseason because it allows you to see your flaws. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like there's a I, lot. I was, I was just
2: going to say. Just. I was going to say. First of all, fantastic interview, guys. I, like, if Mike ever decides to go into uh, media, and and join Jamie McKenzie up in the booth, I think he's he's got a path that way. Yeah. Um. But I think he made a great point. Like when he was chatting with you guys that. The score really doesn't, oh, score doesn't, matter doesn't the mean players. anything, yeah. Score doesn't mean anything. it doesn't mean anything, like you'd almost want to get tore up, yeah, yeah, just so you can fix those mistakes. And uh, one thing I wanted to kind of talk about too is especially with the lineup is like we had no idea what type of lineup they trotted out against New York, yeah, no, right? Like it, they could have had all hookers, all three hookers playing, and yeah. then they said, Okay, we've seen enough, let's try something new. Okay. James, get out there. You're you're we're going to see what Yeah. Got. There's so much turnover in key positions with this team mm-hmm. and just kind of change up that. It's going to be really interesting to see how the start of the year goes. Yeah. The nice thing is that they're not going to have the injuries that they had last year to start the year off. So that's an, I mean <laughs> that we know of yeah. yeah but uh
1: yeah well yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting like you said it's like i think that's the thing it's like i think though that ultimately is like that's why it would be super fun to get more of that info out mm-hmm. of the mlr for the pre- and then the mlr teams for the preseasons. like um you know especially it's like you know there's a team like new york who you're the defending champs you should basically which basically makes you the face of the league and you're not putting out lineups you have no like you know score up they're barely doing score updates. If you're doing it, it's from the other teams. Um mm. I think that could be I think that's somewhere the MLR can kind of go a long way to do. Um just because I mean even, even like look what we just spent the last few minutes doing. We were like staring at the arrows lineup and we're just like mindlessly speculating what that could possibly mean.
2: Maybe they're just like, hey, let's mess let's mess with Le rouge rugby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. That's <laughs> let's the whole mess with thing. the boys yeah, a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know anything yeah. else from that game, boys. Or Shelby?
2: no, as
0: as we've said, it's a bit too early to make a call yeah. on anything that's happening, like th- across the entirety of the preseason. Yeah. I mean, Seattle nailed American Ra- the American Raptors, and then they turn around and beat Atlanta and the Chicago Hounds. At least in scores mean nothing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's you, yeah. you can't pin it down to anything, but you know it. It's there for the coaches to get an idea of what they want to see and some combinations before the season starts. So, you know, we'll find out this weekend when the first round of MLR 2023 kicks off. Now the Arrows have announced that they have some uh, continued partnerships as well as a new partnership for this season so they are continuing their partnership with foundation physiotherapy as well as trade so if you were able to go to any home games last season trade were the company where you would um book online what you what meals you'd like to get for half time and then you can collect them and yeah i thought that was a really good system but they may have a bit of a challenge because the arrows have announced a new partnership with pizza hut canada So they uh, announced this, put out a press release um, saying that uh, from Rahul... Srinivasan, the Arrows Chief Commercial Officer, says, With our keen focus on growing rugby in North America, we prioritise expanding our network of corporate partners each season. Thrilled to begin a new relationship with Pizza Hut in 2023. Fans can expect some new and exciting in-stadium experiences presented by Pizza Hut when they're cheering on the Arrows at York Lions Stadium this coming season. So uh, one new experience, um, it says fans can expect, will be the Pizza Hut bonus point. At each Arrows home game in 2023, a select number of fans in attendance will be eligible to win Pizza Hut prizes unlocked when the Arrows score four or more tries. The Arrows will release more information on the promotion as the home portion of the season approaches. That, that you know, I've seen, you know, McDonald's do offers with the Raptors, where it's like if you score more than like 100 if the uh, raptors score more than 100 points then um you know fans can get like free medium fries or something like that so if uh the arrows score like four tries at home uh, does that mean that everyone gets stuffed crust pizza cuz I, I wouldn't complain about that no i think that's a <laughs> i think that's a great idea and you know it's a um, new partnership you know more um corporate brands coming in which is obviously good for uh, the professionalism of not only the team but also the league as well so it seems that this is a partnership specifically with franchise management management incorporated or fmi who are one of the largest restaurant franchise owners and operators in north america so they work with pizza hurt kfc taco bell burger king and panera bread uh, across 20 um canadian provinces and u.s states uh, founded in woodstock new brunswick and um, uh, so Vanessa Black, who's a marketing specialist for Pizza Hut Canada, says, FMI is proud to sponsor the Toronto Arrows for the 2023 season. As a company, we encourage our employees to strive for excellence on a daily basis through heart, integrity, and drive, something that we believe the Toronto Arrows as a whole embodies. We wish the Arrows of successful season. and look forward to seeing the sponsorship continuing in the years to come. Well, I guess we'll have to wait until April 8th to see what these uh, activations will be at uh, York Lions Stadium. But if that is just another reason for you guys to go out there, get tickets, get group tickets for all your friends, some of your enemies, bring, bring everyone along and uh, you know you can get tickets. They're still on sale, single game tickets at uh, to torontoarrows.com. And now you may have noticed with the new kit for 2023, the Arrows have a new front sponsor and it is the Toronto... Inner City Rugby Foundation. This marks the first professional rugby club to have a not for profit organization displayed on the front of their team's jerseys. TRF's name and logo will be displayed prominently on the front of the ARRS team jersey throughout the entire season. Um, TIRF, or TURF, is Toronto's largest rugby centered community development organization that uses rugby as a tool for social good. It works to reduce the financial, geographical and cultural barriers that prevent children and youth from participating in rugby and sport generally. We have a few quotes from uh, Bill Webb. He says, it's an honour for the Arrows organisation to partner with Turf this season and have Turf's logo front and centre on our jerseys. We are consistently inspired by Turf's tireless work in our community and are proud to support their initiatives to empower youth through rugby and sport. In addition to the jersey branding the arrows will have extensive activations with turf throughout the 2023 season. They're highlighted these activations are highlighted by an innovative ticketing program that allows our supporters season ticket holders and corporate partners to donate tickets to youth from low income communities and families. Our players and coaches will also be attending turf events and supporting Turf's program throughout the year. Um, And the executive director of Turf, Amanda Neil Robinson, has said it is invaluable for Turf to be partnered with a professional sports organization like the Arrows that understands the impact of investing in young people and local talent. Everyone connected to Turf is extremely grateful and excited for the opportunities the Arrows have afforded us this MLR season to showcase the meaningful work we've done together to help transform the lives of young people. So, you know, a bit of a history being made. By being the first pro rugby club to have a not-for-profit organization on the front of their jerseys and you know it first of all logo just looks good on the jersey it's either on the white jersey or the white band on the home jersey um turf itself is a great uh not-for-profit organization i've donated to them in the past and will continue to donate them uh, in the future um but this is the big step this is a big thing to ha- especially when we've just been mentioning like new corporate partnerships like peter Hut canada tradish foundation physiotherapy to go for a not-for-profit i think speaks a lot about this club a lot about um the message and morals of the club as well and you know and i do like the idea of donating tickets to you know, that's young fans so the they can part come of long this. and experience the game. I, yeah, that is the best yeah, part. That's easily the best part of this.
1: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. man, that that'd be so cool. Could you imagine being a kid? You get free rugby tickets and free pizza. The arrows better score yeah. four tries a game. Like, yeah, this is What's going to happen?
0: Like, we're, we'll, we'll um, invade the pitch and just grab the opposition, just so that <laughs> kids can get. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but then it, our tickets will be then given because we'll be banned for life. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so we're those, those doing a lot of charity. Tickets, it's charity yeah. work. It's all charity work.
1: Yeah, no. Obviously, it's great. I mean, the arrows. Uh, obviously, we saw turf on the um, the jersey when the, the kit was unveiled. Um, but it's cool to see. Um, you know, uh, this week the arrows kind of expanding on what that partnership exactly means. Um, so obviously, you know, there's a um, you know a whole lot of the. Uh, I thought they. I think they did a great job with like the videos and stuff explaining what the partnerships gonna do. And uh, yeah, I mean, anything to to get some more kids involved in rugby is obviously, you know, probably the biggest thing that this country needs right now. So anything that can get that done is, you know, is awesome in my book. So um looking forward to this, hopefully, uh, you know, and another fun thing too is that kids usually add a lot to like atmosphere because they're generally pretty loud stuff that's yeah. sporting events. So yeah, they're always, so, they're always a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. So I went to, I took my daughter to the, there was a PW PWHPA match in yeah. Peterborough, and it was like a twelve o'clock puck drop, and there were twenty six buses, <laughs> and it was the loudest, the loudest sporting event I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> so, All the, the, when the you say school sit, day the, hockey games are uh, won, are so. wild, like just wrong, like just a ruckus, yeah. Um, yeah, this, this is, this is a great initiative by the arrows. Like, I don't see how this is a loss for the arrows. I, I saw people c- thinking that like this, this looked like it was a, like a financial weakness for them. And if it, to me, this looks like it's a strength yeah. for them to be able to say, we could put a sponsor of, Yeah. you know, last year they had cool bets. Yeah. You know, you could. We, we could put a sponsor then make a little bit of money, but instead we're going to do something good. And yeah. Other sponsors that, that have thought about maybe putting money toward the arrows, they're gonna see that they're they're you know supporting this nonprofit and go oh, maybe I'll put a little money there, or someone that's from Nola that's watching a game and they're going, Oh, what is you know, TRI T TIRF? Yeah. You know, what is that? And they go researching, oh you know, I'll drop twenty bucks for that. Like the 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 avalanche effect of having this on a jersey is going to do yeah. wonders for the foundation so i'm excited to see where this leads to
1: yeah well i mean from, from that's the whole point of putting your logo on a jersey right is that, mm-hmm. like i mean there's there's a handful of companies around mlr that i'm like i would not know that you exist if you weren't on a mlr jersey right?
2: oh, so uh, for sure yeah mm-hmm. um like i i alloy which i think is uh new england's sponsor Oh yeah, I don't know what that mm. is. I don't know. I I saw it randomly.
1: I know Aviva is driving around yeah, on an ad. Yeah. Aviva's apparently a wipes? huge company too, but yeah. I don't know what they do. Um, which probably just makes me sound like an idiot by saying that, but you know, all good. Uh, yeah. Kings and convicts. You that's a
2: sponsor name, though. Yeah. That's <laughs> you. You've said worse, Derek. Yeah. That makes you look more like an idiot this oh is thanks no yeah, yeah. Thanks, well i mean you know the
1: former i learned from our former co-host and creative <laughs> co-host, but, i mean right. at least i haven't at least i didn't throw just the on the wing i don't remember which one <laughs> <I could throw laughs> that, but that kind of led Not, to, a bunch. Uh, that led, led to our, our first guest coming on the podcast though yeah uh, yeah so yeah those... you know swings and
0: roundabouts.
1: It's all all right right yeah. okay yeah. we're I'm gonna take sure i said setter jones on the wing I think that's oh, what i said no yeah. I'm, uh, no it was trois because then i said Dutois faster
0: Dutois. than trois. oh he said uh, no sorry toy on the ring um, yeah miami yes let's step back from one mlr team and to look at mlr as a whole it was announced this week that coming in 2024 will be the miami sharks so first of all i think it's going to be in uh team in the eastern conference but you know don't quote me on that just yeah, never know. um <laughs> <Yeah. but laughs> i do have a geos- doesn't you know, mean any technically
1: doesn't, doesn't mean know,
0: anything but- yeah you can
1: make i, I mean you can make this. I
2: mean, they could go drastic and make it like nfc afc where teams are everywhere yeah sure, no- like who would mean nothing yeah who
0: knows who knows so um this Miami group is led by run Ronaldo Strasolini, or Coney as he's known, Alejandro McFarlane, and Marcos Galperin. Uh, More details are to be released, but what MLR have announced so far is that uh, they will be playing in Miami or the greater Miami area. the from uh marcos galperin he said we are excited to create a rugby experience in south florida that will wake the latin passion in the community and generate a sense of belonging and uh, yeah so it's very little information on the team so far there's been promotion through the mlr channels yeah on social media that uh, the sharks will be joining in 2024 um but you know, a team in Florida, you know, one of the most popular states, Miami. Um great destination, especially at the start of the season when uh the north is still frozen. And uh you know, if you are gonna have a few home games, then having it in uh Miami.
1: Yeah. Dan, do you want do you have any thoughts on this? I got some thoughts on this that are most
2: Yeah, I've got I've got a few thoughts. Um one, as someone who has family down in Florida. Start of the season, it's rainy season down there, I believe. So that is oh, man. my counterbalance what, about, about what you just said there, but I could be wrong. Two, um, I'm really excited to see what, again, the Latin flair that they're going to pull up from this, That that, it, that is the right community for it. Um, the Sharks branding, I mean, I'm not ups, upset as, like, the, like, South African Sharks owner is about the name. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not at that level. Yeah. I think them it's and just... the
1: other
0: seventy-eight thousand teams across. Yeah, the world. exactly. Yeah, I've got to say the
2: sail sharks are absolutely furious about it. I don't know. There's, there's. I think sharks is a little lazy because oh, we're near the ocean. See, are sharks are are we just going to ignore the
1: fact that it's the team name from any given Sunday?
2: Yes, I don't think I've ever seen. You've
1: never given seen Sunday. any given Sunday. I'm quitting this podcast. How have you
2: not seen any given
1: Sunday? Stu, did you Uh, say
2: you've seen any given Sunday? Dude, no. You know what I watch the uh, the majority of the time, I'm watching either Mickey Mouse. Mickey. Dude, this movie came out
1: in like nineteen, in like two thousand or something. It might be nineteen ninety
2: nine. I watch Frozen (laughs) two. If I'm lucky, I can watch Encanto. (laughs) This this is my life now, Derek. How how old how are your kids? Uh, my daughter is four and my son is one. So this movie
1: came change. out in 1999, which gave you what 17 years to uh, watch it. Yeah. What 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 do What? Oh, man. All right. So either way, Dan, any given Sunday is a football movie that is fantastic that stars Al Pacino as the coach, um Jamie Foxx as the quarterback and Cameron Diaz as the owner. The name of the football team is the Miami Sharks. They're also mm. black and white. That's what I'm, I'll take your word for it. At. It's the You haven't heard, like, you should need to go Google, like, Al Pacino any given Sunday speech because it's the best, like, sports locker room speech of all.
0: Well, actually, something interesting to point out is that the Miami Sharks were part of the American Soccer League in 1988 and then renamed to the Miami Freedom in 1990. So there was an an actual Miami Sharks (laughs) team. Weird name. (laughs) So there, there were um, going to be three games for the Miami people... Sharks, one of which
1: was fictional. I guarantee you, more people know about the uh, the any given Sunday
0: Miami. Yeah, Sharks. no, I, I'm I'm not ruling against yeah. that. So can we get I,
1: the cast of any given Sunday to go to one of these games? That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be thrilled that.
0: to go to an MLR game. But um, you never know. Why the question Ouch. is is that where could they be based so obviously i'm gonna put uh i'm gonna automatically rule out um hard rock stadium for but you know they're into miami currently have a stadium in admittedly fort lauderdale which is about a 40 minute drive north of miami yeah. uh at the drive pink stadium but The uh, proposed Freedom Park, Miami Freedom Park, which will be a twenty-five thousand-seat soccer stadium, which will be built in Miami, roughly around.
1: Are they bringing the Miami Freedom back? Is that what? Is that why it's called Freedom Park? Is are we bringing? Is the team coming back? Is that that...
0: not not a clue? I think uh, Freedom Park is just a name until they get a sponsor to. But you know, as in, like instead of like Miami Stadium, narrow it down. Is um. So it's being built in Miami. It's you know I'm sure they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. It's near, I think it's near where was it? Um it's okay. used to be Melry's Country Club. So it's an area that already has uh you know, currently has grass, It's uh, been used as like PGA tours and things like that. Um yeah, and uh this time last year, roughly, Miami City Council granted into Miami, a 99 year lease on the Melry site mm-hmm. and the stadium is projected to open in 2025. So whilst it may not be there for the Sharks inaugural season, they may be able to work out a deal, you know, have uh, David Beckham come along to a 2024 game and then they can work out a uh, stadium sharing opportunities for later down the line. So, you know, yeah. but obviously getting a new team, uh, in twenty twenty four shows that the league is moving in the right direction. You know, maybe we'll get a, another team to join the uh Western conference so we can even that out at 14 each. You know, and who knows as uh as the rumor mill circulates and new things yeah. get uh chucked around, we may be able to find out uh if we can get a sixteen team sooner rather than later. But uh you know for now, all we can say, Miami definitely will be having a team in 2024.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also great that the league is announcing this now. Because yeah. obviously, you announce it now. They had some preseason games in Florida like the week after they announced this. There was a couple of preseason games this past weekend that were in Florida. Um Right, so I don't know. Hopefully, trying to build a build a bit of a fan base down there, but also it's like you have a unlike you know the Chicago Hounds or the Toronto Arrows or you know um, a handful of other expansion teams that just kind of like you know that had a bit of a short runway into their first year. Um, it's nice to see t- like you know the Sharks kind of getting this chance here to like you can start working on your brand build up, slowly build up over the course of the year, like, you know, maybe sign a player or two or drop like what officially what the logo is going to be like. I don't know if that thing that uh, that image that they kind of has shown, if that's going to be the official logo or if that's like a placeholder, but um like you can do a whole bunch of marketing things in the build up that um, plus, I mean, everybody can kind of maybe prepare for the idea that they might be asked to move to there's obviously some issues that the players had with the uh, dispersal draft for uh, Chicago and all the Gill teams. So um, hopefully the uh, full year run-up gives, gives uh, everybody time to have a better understanding of what's going to happen this offseason too.
0: Right. There's a reason why Dan is here joining us for this episode besides um, providing us with great joy at seeing his face once again on the podcast. Um, oh. So... Uh, so Dan, what have you been up to? What have you been working on? And what would you like to be talking about?
2: Yeah, so I think it's safe to say that being a Rugby Canada fan the past, I don't know, two years has not been easygoing, you know. So what I have done is I have compiled a starting lineup of players that I believe in the next few years, we'll be making a case to be the next, the next guy um, Call this like the next stars lineup. So there are a few rules for eligibility that I made. The players have to be 25 and under mm-hmm. and have 10 or fewer caps. Okay. So there'll be some players that are uncapped. Some players that have sevens caps and some guys that are kind of close that I've got a couple guys that are like close to the limit. Um, so we'll, we'll, I'm going to be posting this uh, and you guys can kind of talk about that, but, uh, but I would wanted to come on and kind of explain some of my choices. So starting with loose head. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good that I'm starting off with my bias right off the bat <laughs> because uh, I've been hit by this guy in tackling practice and my god, it hurt. Uh, so I chose Emerson Pryor as my uh loose head. Um, and he's had like you know, his last year was pretty, pretty quick, crazy. You know, he was drafted by the Warriors, played 11 games for them, starting in nine of them, and then once that was over, he went over to New Zealand to play and then, um, was rewarded by traveling with Rugby Canada to the America's Rugby Trophy and played. A few, uh, I think one of the games, or if not more, with uh, Canada. What does that kind of say about this guy? He's a strong scrummager. he's athletic. I think that he's got a lot of, you know, uh, possibilities and potential. And to be honest with you, the loose set has been a position where Canada has always been we've had Sears Duru, and then now Cole Keith has made the switch in the last few years at loose head. And we've got a couple guys with the arrows, you know, we've got, um, I believe Grindle is Canada eligible.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong. No, he is. Yeah. So, you know, and he actually would be eligible for this list. He makes that cut.
1: Oh, wow. You're, so you're already second guessing your pick, man. We're on. The no, list, I'm not so. guessing anything.
2: I'm just saying again, people can argue with this all they want. Uh, Okay, so at hooker, this is an obvious decision. Uh, Jack McRogers, he's like a cheat code for this team. He he has all of his MLR experience. He was the leading try scorer for the Arrows next year. He is going to have all the opportunities to put his hand up for a national team selection to add on to his one cap that he got. I'm excited to see what Jack does this year. He's going to be having a lot of starts for, for the Arrows this year. So let's see how that goes. All right. Again, number three with the tight head was easy, and he is like at the max of both of my um, qualifiers. But Tyler Rowland, he's got nine caps. He's the highest cap player. I would probably give him the C, you know, the captain C mm-hmm. for the team. Just a few stats. You know, he, he has four, uh, 409 carry meters on 80 carries, 120 tackles. That's an 87.6 completion. 285 Rucker arrivals, six tackle breaks, one breakdown steal, and one try over his first three seasons with the club. I'm excited to see what's the next step. What is he going to bring? Because Salmon is an incredible player. Like He's one of my favorite arrows. So what does Roland need to improve to take some of those starting games away from Salmon?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm excited to see what that looks like. Uh, my next guy, one of my locks <laughs> – now this guy comes with a little bit of controversy, and not of his own playing. Tyler Dugat, hmm. he is one of Canada's highly touted prospects. He's good. He is playing in the top fourteen.
0: Hmm.
2: He's already played in the Heineken Cup. Yeah. He has. He, he's got all the tools to be an, a national level player, and you know we can only speculate. You know we we don't know what is going on why he's not putting his hand up for selection but he's got the side like he's got the size to play if you are starting in top 14 matches like the top 14 is one of the most physically demanding leagues in the world yeah and he- this guy is going toe-to-toe with monsters like absolute monsters and and not sticking out like a sore thumb. So of course I'm gonna add him to my team. My other lock, this this young man got his first cap in that hard, hard, hard fought match against Namibia. Um, Piers von dadelzen is an interesting I, I call him in my in the article a dark horse. And I think that's really kind of where he's at. He came into the the Canada roster, not a lot of fans knowing who he was. He's playing f- for Oxford in the UK. He's not as big as as, as a guy like Dugget. Like He needs to fill out his frame a little bit, but finish his school. If he really wanted to, he can tr- apply his trade in, in Europe or he can come to MLR. I'm sure teams will be very much looking for a guy his height to f- fill out their line out. So I'm excited to see what he does. My six and my eight... You can and and when we get to the eight-year guys, we'll understand. Uh, you can put them in either position. Mm-hmm. I think that like both of these guys can and have played at both positions. So whichever one you you go with, I'm okay with. But I've got six. I've got Logan Widener, um, who is a very very interesting prospect for Rugby Canada. He's eligible to play for both the U.S. and Canada. And during this past summer, he traveled with both under 20 teams. It's like very LeBron James (laughs) before he joined the Miami heat kind of situation. Like all these teams, like both like uh, programs are trying to get get him to play. And I mean, I I, I don't blame them. He's 250 pounds. He's Mm -hmm. six foot five. Mm -hmm. He's got the frame to play. Like he is a big lad. You know, he's, he's with um, he's on an Academy deal in 2020 or he signed an Academy deal with Brive in 2020. Um, now in going into this season, his Academy deal will end. So the world is his oyster. He could play for a top 14 or a pro d two team. MLR teams would drool. He would be an instant, you know, instant star in MLR. If he, if he decided to go that route. So he is a, key cog in my in my lineup because he does a lot of really strong things that to have successful national team he's a threat in the lineout. he is aggressive in the open field with his running and he's damn good in the breakdown so what more can you want from his from a six now we talk <laughs> my seven we actually talked about already um today uh james o'neill he uh, he's is a hooker. an he's a incredible hooker player He's a hooker now Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'll try to remember that for when I, when we post this, but Mm -hmm. he was named club man of the year by the arrows in his first season. You know, that's that the award was given to coaches uh, by the coaches for his hard work on and off the pitch, you know, 394 carrying meters on 61 carries 185 ruck arrivals, 79 tackles for an 84% completion, eight tackle breaks, seven breakdown seals, two line breaks, uh, and a try in his first campaign. Yeah. No. Again, uh, James O'Neill's crazy. Like good. I said it's earlier, there, there's a log jam at seven, right? Like Rumble, Heaton, Smith, they all play very similar style uh, to Kai him. Penny too. Um, mm. Nakai Penny. Yeah. There's. jeez. Seven.
1: Seven's yeah. probably Canada's best position. weird. Strongest. Yeah. Um
2: and, and and O'Neill did something that I think was really smart. You know, going over and playing Melro with Melrose Rugby, yeah, to go over and play in Scotland, play in those matches. I think was his smartest decision. I'm excited to see what he could do going into 2023 for the Arrows.
0: Yeah, and then all right,
2: okay, you've meant okay, so you've been
0: talking about the forwards, a lot of great picks. Uh, You're gonna let him do his last forward. I thought he did. I thought he did. Uh, you <laughs> no, was, I, got, I got my eight man. Ah, oh, you when you're talking man. about six and eight. I thought you were like, yeah, yeah. no, sorry, Stu. just. Oh, oh, I'm getting, I'm I'm just getting ahead of myself. Sorry, yeah. we've, we've already uh, so, okay. throwing the numbers around and the spelling it's okay. disaster. It's
1: okay. For me. It's, okay. It's, it's okay. It's he's just going to be the third guest in a row that's about to talk about Mason Flesh and how great he is. <laughs> we should just Let's have Mason DM Flesh you. on the cup
2: podcast. Don't oh, bury the lead. Damn it. Uh, Yeah, my eight man's Mason Flesh, and I know with the Aeros he hasn't played eight man, but when I watch him play, he reminds me so much of Tyler Ardron, like his line out ability, his ball carrying, his offloading ability, his rock arrivals, like he does all those things that I want to see in a eight man. Yeah. Now, depending on what you want in eight man, I, I, you know, are you more of a Sam Simmons? Are you more of... And Alex Dombrant, like you know, like it can go whichever way. I prefer to have someone that can also be a line-out threat at my a man. It just adds another layer to what you're you're doing at your set piece. And he's just he's just an incredible incredible player. I go listen to all the other arrows like Corey Thomas and Mike Shepard. Yeah, no, on the podcast, very excited. spew about him.
1: All right, so uh, all right, we'll try to go through the backs a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. But yeah. Who? Okay, so who do you got in uh, as uh, your scrum half?
2: Yeah, nine. Nine is nine is easy. It's Will Percillier, another top fourteen player. Yeah. He's gotten a couple caps, but since then, not much. I want to see him more in my lineup. So do we? From ten. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so do we? Um, ten is a really tough conversation because. Fly half is traditionally a position that Canada is weak at. Now I picked Will Kelly. He is on the cusp in terms of age and he only has one cap. He's not with the arrows anymore. He's over in, um, in England, plying his trade. He's kind of in, uh, uh, in rugby Canada wilderness right now. America's rugby news currently has Gabe Casey as part of the arrows roster He's another name that would be really interesting to see if they gave him more uh, chances because he is eligible in terms of age. Winger is someone that I was so excited to see get signed by the arrows. Avery Oideman, mm. the Oideman Empire, come oh. on guys! Like <laughs> yeah. he is a fantastic player, and what I really like is he looks like he's beefed up,
1: which yeah, is he's great older, news. Right?
2: So that uh, the he's that. older, he's stronger. Yeah. Love it. Who's your other winger? Oh my other. Oh, yeah, okay, so we'll do it that Watch way. the
1: wings? Yeah, who's the other winger?
2: 14 could also be my fly half, Brock Webster, extremely talented player. Mm -hmm. I I am one of the people that believe that he needs to be getting opportunities at the fly half position, but he ain't too shabby on the wing either. How does the fact that he plays sevens way more impact your decision to include him in this lineup? It is a consideration for sure. There's guys like Isaac Olsen down in New England that could also – be put onto this, this roster. But at the end of the day, I went with someone that I know has national team experience and also has the eye of currently Kingsley Jones. So that's where I went with, with why I picked Webster um, 12 and 13. Both these guys are versatile in terms of which spot you put them in, but I've got Quinn Nawadi and Josh Steele. Both of them have strong ball carrying ability both of them have distribution skills that are impressive for someone their age. Nawadi is still only 23 years old. Yeah, yeah. Like he's got a lot of time and, and I didn't want to include him for a period of time because I'm like, well, he's only playing, you know, bench minutes with, with New York. He's only 23. Also, the centers that that new, that new York have are like probably the best, in my opinion, in MLR. Just based on how they played last year, so I'm I'm okay being patient with with Quinn because I think he's got a lot of things going well for him. And watching Josh Steele play with Lesage, I'm like, okay, this guy's got something there. Yeah. You know, Spencer Jones unfortunately just been hurt a lot. Now I don't think he's eligible based on age, so I think Thiel, Thiel turns turns that for me. Uh, Last guy at 15, I've got Kieran Breen. There are a lot of question marks for him with the 15 jersey, mostly because the majority of his time has been at the center position or with the sevens program. But he's got that pedigree you're looking for in a young player. National sevens program, academy deal with Berets, Pro D2 experience. And the Arrows see it. Like, you know, they – Depending on how they're going to use Malcolm and O'Leary, like they, he might not get as much starting time. You know, we know that Sam Malcolm can play in the 15 jersey. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes, but I'm excited to see him. He's he's big. He's fast. I like what I see.
1: Yeah. So right. just to recap, then you basically have Emerson Pryor, Jack McRogers, Tyler Rowland, Tyler Duguid, Piers von Dattelson, Logan Weider, James O'Neill, Mason Flesh, Will Priscille, Will Kelly, Avery Oideman, Quinn Nawadi, Josh Thiel, Brock Webster, Kieran Breen, and uh, if you want to complain about that, um, Stu, we have a new place that we can
0: redirect people if they wish to complain about this. Yes, we do. Starting this week, we now have our official website, The Rouge Rugby ca so there we will be posting not only episodes of the podcast which will be available again on youtube and through spotify but we will also be posting articles both about the arrows and about canadian rugby in general so this will be one of our first articles up there where dan has given uh far more in depth uh far more details as well especially uh his hit from Emerson Pryor. He can tell you which ribs are still bruised to this day. And yeah, so if you have uh, any comments, any players that you would choose in different positions, anyone that you think has flown under Dan's radar, please feel free to comment on that article. Let us know. Again, that address is therougerugby.ca.
1: I actually don't think I've built a comment section into it yet. So you might still have to complain to Dan on Twitter or something. we'll um, find him in person. Yeah, the, uh,
0: to him. Find him <laughs> in person. Come person. all the way out to Buckhorn. <laughs> find me. Yeah, exactly. come find me. Um, come find Dan at his uh undescribed location in the yeah, middle exactly. of rural yeah, exactly. Canada. I mean, we'll do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm super excited about the uh the website and uh you know the arrows blog that's gonna be up on there and the just Canadian rugby blog in general that'll be up there as well as all the podcast episodes. But at the same time, it's still going to be a little bit of a work in progress as the uh, the MLR season kicks off, too. So um, if you're reading Dan's article and uh, you have any tips or suggestions for what we can do for the website, feel free to uh, let us know as well.
0: Yeah, new season, new website, new logo. We've got it all coming at you. All right, so as we've mentioned plenty of times already, we are at the start of the 2023 MLR season, and we are going to have some preseason predictions that we want to have between the three of us. Uh, so we're just going to go through these one by one. I'm not going to ask you who you think is going to be um, MLR champion at the end of 2023, well. but I will ask you, first of all, who is going to be making the champion series first of all from the east so dan i'll start with you who do you think is going to be it doesn't have to be any particular order but who do you think is going to be making the eastern um eastern eliminator and the eastern conference final
2: okay well i definitely think that you're going to see new york and new england Back in the fray, mm-hmm. they're they're they they kind of reloaded their talent. Um, I think they're both gonna be extremely competitive. They're both doubling down on what made them successful last year, and they're gonna hit the East hard with it. the The third spot really gave me some trouble because I think that there's a lot of teams in the East, and I would rap Atlanta and Toronto. Into this of they're in this influx of what's our next step? What is our new acquisition's going to do for us? I think I have. I think Nola is going to make the step into the playoffs for the first time. I think that they're just they've added some dangerous pieces in the back line, and as long as they can stay relatively healthy, I mean like Dougie Fife. Mm-hmm. You know, JP Duplessis, Jordan Trainer is a big one as well. Like yeah. he really impressed me for for LA. So I, I I've got Nola as my last. Rodney Iona too at fly half. Rodney Iona. From the like, they've kind of struggled with the fly half position, so that that'll be a big one for me. They- so yeah, I'm excited for Nola.
1: Yeah, and they also haven't, like, lost that many guys
0: either. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a big uh, big little upgrade for NOLA. And right, then, Derek, who are you going to pick for the Eastern Championship Series? Oh, man. um, You know, to be perfectly honest with you, I
1: completely agree with uh, Dan's one and two. Um, I'm going to flip them low, and I'm going to say New England finishes first um in the east and new york finishes second and the reason i'm gonna say that is because we have to give a shout out to the team that has more the other team in the league that has more canadians than any other nationality on their damn team (laughs) um so obviously um new england's had a huge huge off season right where um you know plenty of uh plenty of canadians you know they got a quatron keith keys joined the team they got Connor youngs on this team now um joining the already loaded with canadian team that the uh new england free jacks previously were right so you know so like joining oh sorry i forgot spencer jones right so they have spencer yeah. jones cole keith Connor keys uh ben lesage you know and uh andrew quatron joining what was already there and foster do ethan fryer uh josh larson regan o'gorman right so There is a lot of there's eleven Canadians on that team, which is unreal. Um, They were one of the best teams in the league last year. They were probably the best defensively as well. They had a ton of guys that were high up in the tackle count. Um, You know, it'll it'll be uh, I think one of the questions they're going to have to answer is how the new fly half fills the shoes of Bowden Walker. But I think they probably they probably got that sorted and handled anyways. Um, So I'm going to go with New England, New York. Kind of New York's got some, you know, similar things though. I think obviously they're defending champs. They've lost a couple guys, but have gained a few guys back too. Um, and I don't really see them falling off too much. Third man, I honestly, I gotta say, I like Dan's pick of Nola. Um, Nola's, I think Nola's offseason has been great, but um, Nola is my pick to make the playoffs if I'm using my head. But I never do that on this show, so I'm going to use my heart and the <laughs> Toronto Arrows.
0: All right, that's fair. That's fair. So my pick, and I'm not saying like who's coming into like the conference final or who's in the eliminate. I'm just saying any order. So I'm gonna. That's first no of, fun. Pick an order. No, shut up. So first of all, I'm going to pick Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know Toronto's one. No, you have to yeah. commit to an order. So, yeah. won. there we go. Okay. Toronto. Toronto won. All right. In, all right. In that case, Toronto goes, straight, goes 18 and 0, uh, straight into the uh, yeah. conference final. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just back in Toronto on this one. And I don't yeah. know, like, right, you guys, you can remove your caps now from crying out loud. Oh, awesome. um, there I am going to go with uh, Nola Gold. I think. Whoa.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I, Nola will be hosting their first uh, elimination postseason game.
1: So Nola's two,
2: the so Nola's okay. two,
0: and then I am, I'm currently in a coin flip between these two teams, and one of me, one part of me wants just wants to be really outlandish, and the other part of me wants to be uh, recognizing the consistency of their history. Uh, so you know, what? I'm going to be outlandish, and I'm going to say DC, uh, <laughs> eliminate a game. All right, all right, yeah. fair enough. Well, I, I say that no is a decision. Yeah. What so, DC? Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my wow. my my justification for this is that whilst a, a number of the um, uh, New York guys have uh, stayed on, there have also been a considerable number of like big name departures as That's well. True and retirements. Um, New England, I don't know if you guys remember when they came to Toronto and got smashed by the Arrows, but that was <laughs> the one game, especially of the second half of the season, where Bowden Walker didn't start
1: Yeah, and, and play at happened, all. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that lack of kicking option really exposed uh, New England's um, defensive tactics, and I think that's uh, something that if they do not address quickly it's going to be like that you know like the hole at the bottom of the bucket where like the water's just pouring out and they're going to be conceding tries left right and center because we all know the importance of the kicking game um you know they've signed like two new zealand born fly halves yeah but are Wait. they but are they bone and walker though that's the thing no and um, i think they, they, they might uh, be better that's the i was gonna say yeah game. they could be better like, who knows be better they might or or they might not either way the oh point god! either way and D, and dc
1: Patras is so mad at you right
0: now uh well you know where he can complain he can complain at larouge rugby.ca um yeah, but not me yeah
1: oh man <laughs> find,
0: find me in the street why not um, I, no, no, okay, okay. You know, either way, and, I
1: want to hear okay. the explanation right. for DC, right? DC, and I apologize to DC fans with my reaction. It's probably yeah. not actually that bad. Yeah, in that okay.
0: shot. Okay, we can look at DC last season. You know, they went like the first half, um, without a single win. Yep, and then they, you know, sacked their head coach. They uh got. Uh, Into interim coaching, different coaching style, but you could see, and I think the good way to like measure this is their performance against the Arrows. So, uh, their only home game against the Arrows, they only scored one try. Then you have their second game where, you know, the Arrows were comfortably winning and then they let their own defenses slip and, you know, concede two tries right at the end, nearly lose the game. And then you have the last game of the season, where DC completely stomped over Toronto and just really like ruined the home experience. But that shows like how far they've come along. You know, they've now got uh, wasn't it uh, Josh Sims in as head coach? Yeah. So I think that's a great addition for them as well. Uh, they've got some like great guys coming up through the ranks and into this new team. Um, I am bait a little bit off preseason you know they've been they pushed uh new york pretty we well have just confirmed it means nothing we spent well, the I, I know it means nothing but i'm only going that. with what i can i'm only going with what i've got okay so you I, I'm, I'm not being boring i'm like oh these guys from <laughs> last year so they're gonna be around this year come on let's have a bit of fun and um it's
1: uh you gotta i want to hear your entire ranking now though
0: no tough we're moving on okay <laughs> We're going to the top three teams in the West, and Dan, I'm going to come to you. Um, who do you, who is going to be um, competing with your Eastern selection to make the championship final?
2: Sure. So, I have the the West. I find is is harder. The West is wild. There's yeah. even, the West is so uncertain. It's so yeah. wild. I mean, they lost two teams, but I've got I've got Seattle taking the bye. All right. Top seed, All right. and then I've I've got San Diego hosting Houston. Okay. In the uh, the semifinal, right. um, I'm I'm looking at I was I was looking at San Diego's roster, and you know they've got some damn talented players. Like it's, I want to I want to give them more props, but every year they find a special way to. Not make it the as far as they can. I mean, they they added, you know, Marcel Bracky. They added Mikey yep. Teo. Yep. who's coming back. Their pack is nasty. It's now. just their pack's like their pack is nasty. Yeah. Go off on a tangent. Do you guys think that Sears Duro by the time that he's done his career will be Canada's most capped player? He has sixty four caps, and he is he'll be turning twenty nine this year. Uh I mean like he hasn't shown guess, if anything I've seen signs of getting better like yeah I mean I like think, fine wine I feel
1: like he's maybe one of those guys that can probably play as long as he wants to um a big x factor in that might be what rugby Canada decides to do as far as um playing younger guys yeah. Um, you know, the, that's the grow into the um what's the most yeah. caps? It's Carpenter at what eighty something? Something like
2: that. Um Maybe right. Some. So but anyways, um, you know, they picked up like Christian Poitiven oh, too. Yeah. it's uh like like they have they have really amped
1: up their yeah, they got yeah, they have they got Sean McNulty, they got Samuolo from yeah, it's
0: um, they picked up Tom Canada. they pick up
1: Tom Fra- Franklin from the Maori too. Um Isaac Ross is there now. Um Blair Cohen's got some Scotland caps is there now. Yeah. Um so
2: Sears Duru would need to play in sixteen more games.
1: I mean, he could do high it. He could yeah. do it. I guess it just comes down to well, I mean, it comes down to I guess What's available squad selection, right? Because I mean, yeah, even at that, like we we're uh, you know just talking about how rugby candle was saying that they don't have a uh, any games scheduled for this year yet. Uh, we were talking about that a couple episodes back, right? So um, yeah. squad, and then it's like, so who are you going to play, especially over the World Cup cycle and stuff right now, too, and also um for sure and also i mean the big thing too is obviously staying healthy which i mean i hope he does and he has had a healthy career up until this point yeah um that'd be super cool though i would love to see that happen man he's been a yeah. you know just a workhorse for canada i think stall yeah and i think even too right like playing in san diego is like it's another chance for him to like start and
2: um hopefully make a run um yeah um but yeah uh sorry and then Houston's game. I picked Houston because I mean, they've got a terrifying pack Yeah, and they've got some real talented players in the back line. They would have lit, like they, Dallas. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Dallas and, and Chicago are just absolute wild cards. Like they're basically, you look at the turnover, the Dallas as they're almost a new team. Yeah. Chicago is a new team and Utah just doesn't impress me. So, that's what i'm going with yeah but utah's jerseys oh another black and red jersey why do you yeah. like utah's jerseys man i love
1: utah's jerseys all right Can yeah derek that's, see, that's you're good. already writing in the uh in the group document here so i was assuming you wanted to jump the gun no and...
0: no that's uh come on give me your list all give right me your top three um you know i i,
1: I i'm t- kind of torn on this one i think I totally agree with um Dan's assessment of the idea that this is really hard to call. Um, I think despite him not necessarily being impressed by Utah, I think Utah is really good. I think they might challenge for a spot. The wild card is Chicago, as Dan just mentioned. Um, But Chicago is also the team that is essentially made up of the two best teams in the Western Conference last year. Um, yeah, but they have no wingers. They don't yeah. have any wingers right yeah, now. Yeah, I know they have. They have, they have, they have, they have Billy Meeks's, they've they got all these Bill... talented centers. Yeah, and Billy Meeks is in LA doing something.
2: Yeah, and and they've got one flyoff. They've got Luke Carney as their one sign yeah. on flyoff. If he gets hurt, yeah, they're pooched.
1: Well, that's what you mean. Like the uh, that's that's part of the uh, the wild cardness, right? Uh, I think man, this is tough. Um, I'm gonna go Houston. Robbie Povey um, they'll finish I think they are the one team that legitimately made the playoffs last year in the Western Conference um, so I'll uh, I think and I think they've they've made some improvements like where necessary um, like you said Dan their pack's insane and then um, and uh, you know I agree with San Diego I think San Diego's looking pretty scary a lot improved too so I'll put San Diego there um, and then my third Team, um, they're kind of. I'm, I'm, I want to debate between Utah and Chicago. Um, so I think, I think I'm gonna, I think I want to lean Chicago just because, like, if they for some reason find a way to put this together, then it could be scary because their their core is pretty unreal. That you might not need wingers if uh, the centers score five tries a game anyway. So uh, I think I'm like I'm gonna go with Chicago, and um, I'm gonna go with Chicago as three. We'll see what happens.
0: All right. So I'm being less outlandish with my picks in the West. You can't
1: possibly be more outlandish. So
0: okay. So I'm saying going straight to the conference final is San Diego. Uh, you know, I'm not happy that they've. Uh, cut uh, three of their five Canadians from last season but
1: Mm, it is
0: what it is but I think um, you know and especially their kits alone gives them a good enough standing to get that high Um, hosting the uh, Western Eliminator I have is Chicago I know we don't have enough information on their team at this moment but the sheer amount of talent that is coming from you know, basically, the two teams that topped the West last season is they've got to definitely have some place to go. Like the head coach of Austin last year is now the head coach of Chicago. So that style of play will hopefully be continuing. You know, a team that won 12 of their 16 games. So they definitely one that I can see doing well. You know, maybe there'll be a few um, issues to sort out. And I'd say they will be hosting that eliminator against Seattle. Uh, Seattle, uh, I think, were, you know, they were fortunate to get to the championship final. Um, Obviously, the uh, disqualifications um, got them that position. And yeah, I honestly see them, you know, putting up another fight, another challenge to make it to uh, another championship final. And if anyone counts out the Sea Wolves, then you're just a fool because they've clearly got the track record that states otherwise. Well, okay, now, they wouldn't have made the playoffs last year. They wouldn't have, but and yet they were there. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Don't count them out because you never know what can happen. Yeah. All right. So now we are going to move on to who you think will be the most improved team of the year um, for the 2023 season compared to 2022, and just to make it interesting, you can't pick the same team as someone else. So, Derek, actually you lead this one. Who do you think is going to be oh. most improved? Although I think it may be a pretty obvious answer. Um, well, I think
1: there's a couple teams that can kind of challenge for this. Um, I, I guess it depends on how you define most improved. Um, Because for some teams, you know, you have a team, like say you have a team like NOLA who it's like Nola can it looks like they can improve a lot but if they don't make the playoffs it's disappointing but if they do make the playoffs is that is that improving greatly because they're kind of on the cusp of the playoffs last year too um old glory if old glory does what Stu is claiming old glory is going to do then that's clearly them um but i think when you're thinking like most improved um i don't i feel like you can't get worse than 0 and 16. So, anything that Dallas does, if Dallas puts up a win, like that's just a, incredible. If Dallas puts up a win, if they put up two, if they put up three, that's incredible improvement over last year. Um, they got a couple Canadians in uh DeWalt Kotze, Leah Murray, and Kyle Steves up front. Um, so that would be super cool, I guarantee. At least three wins if you just start them every game. That should be the starting, the starting uh, front row every game. Um, learn from the uh, learn, learn from everyone else, man. If you play your Canadians more, you win. Um, mm-hmm. It's mathematically mm-hmm. proven in this league. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, so, that's backed by science. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think like Dallas. I feel like it's like Dallas. I feel like it has to be the most improved team in the league because like just score just drawing exactly it's like what's all right okay if you win a game you're you're already you're already ahead of last year like that's you know that's all you got to do so i'm going with with dallas
0: all right okay dan who are you saying for most improved and you cannot pick dallas
2: yeah that's 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 the obvious answer so i'm gonna go with what's i I picked them to go with they could stink (laughs) okay they could stink but if we're talking about if someone's going to show, show improvement in this season, like you know. they're the ones that yeah. the bar is so low. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, for me, the most improved team will be NOLA. I mean, I've got them going to the playoffs, so i I got to ride that train and say, yeah, yeah I, I think that they're, they've, they've made some impressive signings to tackle some weaknesses. They have consistency in their lineup. I think that's where we will see their the most improved team. All right. Okay, so...
1: Stu, I think
0: we know your answer based on uh, your previous predictions here. Well, this is the thing. So Dallas, they only started last year, and they finished bottom. So, you know, that's their only track record. They've yet to win. Uh, NOLA, you know, they've been... Low consistently, they've yet to make the playoffs, and they've been, this will be their uh, sixth season in MLR, you know, won the OGs, not including all glory. Um, you know, and they've always been around that. My team is a team that did, you know, by all metrics, poorly in 2022 because they fell from their high of 2021. This is a team that made the playoffs. And then, even with all the disqualifications, they were 10 points behind making the playoffs in 2022. And I'm looking for them to turn it around, get back to their winning ways. You know, not essentially jumping straight into the conference final, but definitely returning to former glories. So my prediction for most improved team for 2023 is Utah. I do. I do. I do like that. Um,
1: just, I mean, I think, I think Utah's like really good. Um, and then if they can, you know what I mean? They kind of are a team that seems to explode offensively. Um, they got a little bit of, uh, you know, some players on the way out the door, but they always kind of seem to be able to replace those guys. Um yeah yeah so i mean i i don't mind i don't mind that that selection from you still
0: all right so now we move on to player to watch so i love watching is... you guys change your answers five times as we keep talking during this uh so this is a player Shut
2: up, Derek. <laughs> you're, Derek you're under six is sixth Derek isn't now, even
0: Derek. keeping a record of this so that when he yeah. gets everything wrong he'll just. it's a hard bloody question okay <laughs> so this is a player from that's been announced by any of the mlr teams that you think is one that you that new fans should keep an eye out for. Um, the old fans will be like, "Yeah, of course." And and you know, this can be their first season. This can be their sixth season. They could, uh, you know, be uh, someone who performs from the bench. Someone who's a starter. Uh, the guy that I am picking as the player to watch is actually. Uh, in fact, he was the first uh Canadian draftee for 2022 draft, um, signed by uh Old Glory DC. And that is Kalito Martinez. Uh you know, he's a front row player. He's uh definitely probably gonna be the ones involved in all like um innovative set pieces that I'm hoping DC can pull together. Uh And, yeah, you know, obviously he's a UBC graduate as well. So one of the best um, student teams in all of Canada. Uh, Curry Hitchborn, you know, one of the best coaches, one of the best guys we've uh, interviewed on the podcast as well. He definitely backs him. So, and, you know, it'll be in the East. So uh, Arrows fans will be able to get to hopefully see him play twice. And um, when he's playing against the Arrows, you know, so you can have like that metric to compare to. So, yeah. So my pick is
2: Kalito Montague. Dan, uh, who's your pick? I think the guy I picked is someone who needs to have a good year. And I think more importantly, stay healthy. Um, Nikai Penny um, from Seattle. He is an incredible player. He is someone that has been on the cusp of national team selection and boom, gets injured. Or something else happens. Like he is such a talented athlete in the breakdown, in the loose. It, it's just a matter of time. I think he's going to have a really strong year. As again, as long as he stays healthy, and we'll see him in a red jersey.
1: Yeah, I like uh, I like both those picks, um, Penny. Kenny's always been a really good player for Seattle. And I mean, we talked about how deep the Canada is at that position. Yeah. Um, Callie Martinez. I mean, if Stu, if DC is going to make the playoffs, um, he's probably going to be a big reason why. And I mean, he's already started. I think he started both the preseason games based on the lineups that DC. All
0: right. All right. Derek, stop delaying. Who's your player to watch for 2023?
1: I mean, I'm picking the guy that we've spent the last three episodes talking about. So, I mean, if Mike Shepard, Mike (laughs) Shepard calls it, Corey Thomas calls it. And I mean, if Dan's calling it too, I'm going with uh, Mason Flesh. Um, It could be, uh, you know, another guy that maybe had some injury issues last year, but... Uh, you know, could be a you know opportunity for the door to open wide and have a big breakout season. So, gotta go. Obviously, I love that we all three of us picked Canadians. So that's the way it should be. And uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing uh what flesh
0: um is capable of this year. All right. Okay. And we got one last prediction for MLR twenty twenty three, and this is just the outlandish prediction. This is something that. You know we may not see, but it'd be interesting it'd be definitely funny I think if we did uh so i'm I'm gonna start this off. I know that Dallas went zero and sixteen um in twenty twenty two and I know that Austin went zero and sixteen in twenty nineteen but Austin's record actually was a run of 0-20 and that stretched from 2018 to 2020. So my outlandish prediction is that Austin will have the longest losing record in MLR history because the Jackals are going to, and I want to be specific here, not lose at least one of their first four games of the season.
1: That's probably fair. Who do they play in their first four games this season? Who are their first oh, I'm games? glad you
0: asked yeah. because that's where this becomes really fun. So uh, the Jackal schedule is that they will open this weekend against the Houston Sabercats, which was, to be fair, the game they came closest to getting a win last season. Then they face the Utah Warriors, then Seattle, and then on March 11th, they will face the Legion. So within that time frame, I can see them getting at least a draw from one of those teams, and for their benefit, ideally a win. But that is my prediction. All right. That the da- that the Dallas Jackals will not lose one of their first four games.
1: I guess I'll go. I'll go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead. You go Next. Go. Okay. So I think I want to make. I don't even know if this is going to be an outlandish prediction, but it'd be a thing that I'd be like, it be cool as hell if it did happen. I think if you look around the league right now, there's a lot of really talented Canadian players. And there's a lot of players on t- that are captains of teams. There's a lot of players that start at key positions on their respective teams. And uh, because of that, I think... That Canadians will kind of find themselves at the top of a couple of stat categories this year. Um, so my outlandish prediction, um, one is that a Canadian will lead the league in tackles, um, which feels a lot more achievable than what I'm also about to say. Cause I mean, the free Jacks are the, uh, you know, the free Jacks are the team that had like we're just a tackling machine last year mm-hmm. um and their entire pack is basically canadian now um yeah and so that's going to be a lot of that but i'm also going to say that a canadian might lead the league in tries this year too um and if you go oh uh um, oh. yeah in tries yeah, yeah. um if you look around the league, there's a lot of Canadian players that find themselves in uh, some try-scoring positions around the league. Um, Cole did a lot of damage for New York in the playoffs, and two of the New York's big wingers that were there last year are now gone. Um, so if New York uses him, then yeah, Cole could be up there. Um, Doug Frazier, if, especially if Old Glory is going to make the playoffs, Doug Frazier is going to be scoring some tries. Um, and also they have Graydon Bowd in DC too, who's gonna be yeah. you know, working right off of Danny Tusatala. Um, you know, Avery Oideman's back. He led and he almost led a team in try scoring in his first year as a 19-year-old, too. Um, not to mention all the hookers in this league that are Canadian as well. And that's those are tend to be the guys that actually score a lot of tries. So um that will be my, my outlandish. The, the wild prob- possibly won't come true, but it'd be super cool mm. if it did prediction.
0: All right, and Dan, do you have any outlandish prediction for MLR 2023? Oh,
2: I flip-flopped on this one a ton, but I think what I've come down to is I think the Toronto Arrows will be the highest-scoring team All right. in MLR. Because Avery Boiteman think-
1: is going to lead the league in tries
2: because Avery yeah. okay. See so tries We're
1: on but, but, Or anybody else on listen. the air. so I'm just I just used Oideman in the last. Cole Davis, Cole Davis hopefully scored a, a lot of f- tries. Let's go with him.
2: Yeah, hopefully a full year of Ross Brody and Sam Malcolm. Yeah. You got a lot of really talented new centers. Cole Davis eating up tries. Avery Oideman, Fabian Goodall, Kieran Bring Green in the backfield and then Jack McRogers with all of those just juicy line-out yum-yums that he sucked up last year. He's going to score a bunch more. I think that they're going to have more time, more runway with this lineup compared to last year because of this horrendous injury start to the season. I have a feeling that they're going to be offensive dynamos this year. All right. I don't
1: hate that prediction because it helps my prediction. So.
0: All right, so there we are Picking
2: back it. off of you.
0: Yeah, so there we have it, our predictions for the season. But as we said, this is also the first round of MLR 2023. And as we have done for the past few seasons, we are giving our predictions for each and individual game. Guys, I am just going to say the matchup, and you are just going to tell me the team that wins. So first up, we have Atlanta versus Toronto. Derek, who are you picking? Toronto. Toronto, Dan. Who you picking? Toronto. Well, I think we're all in agreement here. Toronto. I'm snitch. <laughs> all through. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Nola versus New England. Dan, who you got? Nola. Nola. Okay. Derek, who are you choosing? Ah, uh, New England. And I am going with New England, just on the grounds of they have more Canadians. Okay, we have You're DC versus sure. Chicago. The first game for the Hounds in MLR 2023 or even MLR as a whole. I am going to go with DC. Derek, who you got? Chicago. Very certain with your pick. Uh, Dan, who are you picking? Uh,
2: shoot. I'm going to go with Chicago. Chicago. Uh, it's a hard one. That's the hardest one of the week
0: to me. All right. Up next we have San Diego versus Utah at Snapdragon Stadium. Derek, who you got? Uh San Diego. You
1: can't you can't open Snapdragon with a loss. So Sandy. Dan,
0: uh, do you agree? Oh goodness gracious. Uh yeah, San Diego. I think this is another one we're all in agreement with. Uh, San Diego. Uh, across the board, there. Okay, Seattle versus New York, the uh, redemption match, maybe for Seattle for the uh, 2022 uh, championship final. Mm, I don't think so. I'm going to go with New York.
2: Derek. Yeah, it's New York. Yeah, 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 yeah New York. I, I think on. Seattle have a good year, but. No.
0: And then we have the Texan clash between Dallas. In Houston,
2: Dan, who do you have? Oh boy, I actually have a bunch of Dallas merch, but I think new lineup is going to take a little bit of time. Houston, right? Derek, who do you got? Dallas does have nice
1: merch, but yeah, uh, Houston, Houston's probably going to win
0: this. Oh. Okay, and because of my outlandish prediction, I therefore will not be boring, and I will pick Dallas. <laughs> Okay, so those are It's being pragmatic. I'm not being boring. <laughs> Jeez. No, being boring is us picking the same team three in a row. Because we all pick San Diego. We all pick New York. I'm not going to be boring. I'm going to separate it from being... Instead of Houston... Fine, Houston, you know what, Stu? You know what, Stu?
2: Put me down for Seattle. <laughs> all right, you got Put it. Put me down for Seattle. All right. There Why not? There you go. Ronan Foley runs in for 100 metres and two (laughs) tries. Uh, Well, well, all will be revealed
0: as the 2023 season of Major League Rugby kicks off this Friday, beginning with the Fire and Ice Cup between Atlanta and Toronto, and we have a full complement of six games. If you're looking to watch any of these games, especially Arrows fans, you can watch the games on TSN, tsn tsn.ca or tsn+. If you're looking to watch any MLR games, um, whether you can see them live or on repeat, they will be on the Rugby Network. And because we have a break in the Six Nations, the Premiership and URC return and they will be available on Sportsnet.
2: And well, it- my lads need a break. We need to rest. Being number one is hard work. Yeah. Woo! It's lonely Yay! at the top. Yeah. Uh, oh, still say it. Canada has
0: the same number of
2: final. No. Derek, don't rain on my parade right now. I'm too happy. Yeah. That's all sorry. right.
0: Well, if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, normally I would list all the places where you can find it, but now we've consolidated into one. You can find us at our brand new website, larougerugby.ca. We're also available across social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at larougerugby as well. Derek, where can the fine people find you on social media? Uh, at reset the jet across all social media networks. Dan, where can the fine people find your takes on and be aware of upcoming articles for the website?
2: I believe my Twitter handle is damurf two, dab underscore two. You sound very uh, confident in
1: the re- recollection of your own Instagram.
2: I'm Rusty, okay? It's been a year and change. And whose fault is that? Uh, when you're a family man, Dungeons and, and Dragons. No, it's the Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. See, I would have asked you guys to record another night, but it wasn't, we weren't playing tonight. Normally we do so. All
0: right, fair enough. And you can find me across social media at Hardmans, but H4RDMAN. Well, lads, once again, we're at the start of a brand new Major League Rugby season. Looking forward to not only all those games, but seeing some of our predictions come to light. Dan, always great to have you on the pod. We're glad to welcome you back at any time. Derek, thanks for joining me once again. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast, where we talk about real Canadian rugby. We hope you can join us again next time.